want to listen to music for your own way, go to Spotify.com and set up a playlist of your favorite songs. Um, you got hip-hop to R&B or to pop or metal or rock. Whatever you like, though, you can make your own playlist. Be your own DJ at Spotify.com. So where you could um, and you also set up your podcast there. It's um, If you like music, go to Spotify.com and make your own playlist. Yeah, what's up? How y'all doing? This is Brian Rose, and you're listening to Twisted, an SVU podcast. You can hear us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcast, Radio Breaker, and recently I just set up a new website that connect connects to Anchor FM. It's called WordPress. So. From now on, you can hear us on um, WordPress.com, find Twisted SVU, and my number is like Twisted SVU 66642 or something like that, though. So right now, we I got a new, I finally got my own website, finally, though. Finally, this happened to me. You know, I feel like I'm CC Pennison and all that shit, you know what I'm saying, though? Well... So right now you could listen to us in maybe like several by five, six platforms. You can hear it on um, Anchor FM, which is right here, Spotify, then um, Google Podcasts, Radio Breaker, and right now you got like um, now it's WordPress, so it's like a web browser. So guess what? I'm making moves like Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? So by the way, how was your weekend, y'all? You know, I love the ladies and all that stuff. So, and um, right now, though, I'm going to bring in something new to the table, right? Because right now, I'm going to be bringing up the, some segments because, you no, know, I'm trying to be more professional now with a podcast. So, you know, on Lord and Order SV, SVU, you got like guest stars coming in. So, these celebrities, though, they were famous back in the day. So, we're going to be billing them as special guest stars. And um, some also on um, Law and Order SVU, they have like these um, actors before they were famous, you know, like Bradley Cooper and all that stuff. So we're gonna put them in the before they were famous category. And um, and and then also on SVU, we see people who be on or celebrities who was on that show multiple times so we're going to be calling them repeat offenders and also on SVU you recognize that certain actor from certain TV shows well they're not famous but you see them on other TV shows like Oz, Homicide, Life on the Street, Grey's Anatomy, you know the OC and what you so forth though so we're going to bring up this segment is like who's that guy or who's that girl so that way, that way you can recognize the, the, which actor is playing a role, and they look kind of familiar to you and all that stuff. So that will be my new segment from now on. So let's get to the episode. All 
right, this is um, Law and Order SVU season one, episode 18, chat room. And it's written by Roger Garrett and it's directed by Richard Dobbs. And it aired on April 14th, 2000. April, like April 14th, that's like a day after my birthday because my birthday is April 13th. Now, I'm really going to show you that um, this episode right here, well, we're going to be dealing with this guy called the Yachtsman. Now, who the hell is the Yachtsman is? You know what I'm saying, though? Come on, and all this stuff, right? So, man, so um, the chat room is dealing with the internet because um, back then, before there was Facebook or before there was Instagram or MySpace, they had these um, chat room sessions on like America Online and stuff like that. Because this is the year 2000. Now, you know, the, um, Facebook hasn't been invented yet. Even Instagram hasn't been invented yet. Or Twitter. So they got these little internet chat rooms back in the days, like back to the 90s, where you had to meet somebody and communicate with them and then hook up. So it's like, you know, we're trying to date somebody and shit like that, though. And uh, speaking about the dating websites, though, I'm going to get to that towards the end of the show. All right. Now, with a teaser, we opened up with a teenager on on the street late at night. I think it was calling her mother. Now, this time, yo, check this out, though. Yo, it checked out. Who's, who now, yeah, now we're going to call this segment called Who's That Girl? Who's that girl? I sound like Madonna on this, on the song Who's That Girl back in the late 1980s. Now, who is the actress playing a teenager? So, as I was saying, you know, we start off with a teenager. She's calling her mother on the phone. Her name is Karen Ray. Now, who's the actress that's playing Karen Ray? Give up? That's past De La Huerta. And she was on um, Boardwalk Empire. That came on like 10 years ago. So, have, have you ever watched Boardwalk Empire? Um, it's a show about the uh, Prohibition era, 1920s Atlantic City, and Steve Buscemi was starred as um, this um, Irish mobster in Atlantic City. And Paz de la Huerta, she played his mistress and all that stuff, though. And um, she was on there for a couple of seasons, and then after that, she left. I heard that she was having issues with the producers, and he had having problems. I don't know what happened to that this that actress after she left Boardwalk Empire. I mean, she played, she was on that show for the first two seasons, and then she just left though. Yeah, and you know when I was watching that episode um, called Chat Room, right? She looked like a young Juliet Juliet Lewis, right? Uh, before she got the surgery on the lips and stuff like that, though. I mean, and you know, check this out though. She's playing a teenager named Karen Ray. She's sixteen years old. Right, so um, oh yeah, let me get back to Boardwalk Empire though. I watch that show every week on HBO, and it has to do with um Irish mobsters, corruption, and the prohibition area, prohibition era. And you don't know this, but the prohibition is like banning alcohol during the early 1920s, and um, alcohol became illegal back then in the 1920s until they've um. They, 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 they made alcohol legal back about like 10 years later, like into the early 1930s or something like that. So I remember I was watching that show, Boardwalk Empire. It's from um, the one of them, Terrence Winter, 
from the Sopranos, and Mark Wahlberg was involved in that too. And um, on Boardwalk Empire, they had Steve Buscemi. He started as a Irish mobster, something like that, though. And his partner was, I, I remember this guy. I mean, he was on, oh, yeah, the actor's name was Michael Pitt. He was on Boardwalk Empire, and um, his um he played uh, mobster, too, something associate, something like that, though. And I remember that his on-screen character had a wife. But, yo, check this out. Her on-screen wife was eating pussy on the down low. Yo, I can't believe his wife was a damn lesbian or a dyke, man. And somehow during the show, World War Empire, though, she was exposed and she, she got killed for it, being a lesbian. So, damn. So I remember watching that show back in the days, though, World War Empire. And um, it's not on TV no more. I mean, it. It aired for HBO for about five seasons, and then it was, it was five, four, five seasons. Yeah, I think it was five seasons because it ended in 2014. So um, right now, we're we have a teaser. We're on the street, and we got a teenager named um, Karen. Teenager, a teenager. She calling her mom to pick her up because she was raped. She, oh my goodness, it was like she, she tells her mother that she's on 21st Street and 7th Avenue come pick her up and all stuff and um the way she sounds like she is she was raping so she's she's in a distress you know she's calling her calling her mother come to pick her up because she's been raped so um and after that she hangs up hangs up now um we're at the hospital and benson the stabler is talking to this teenager right and um she tells benson the stabler about her attack saying that this is a guy she guy was um picked her up somewhere on the street and he took her to a parking lot and he raped her and she also tells them that she she got raped by a man she met on the internet known as the yachtsman and um and then she and then she says that i thought he i thought with a name like that he could be a gentleman and then she says, it shows you how wrong you could be. Or in other words, how stupid can you be, little girl? You 16 years old, you're hooking up a guy you met on the, on the internet, on a chat room called the Yachtsman. And sometimes, you know, I mean, your mom don't, mom don't even know about this, though. But, man, I mean, how stupid can you be a stranger? I mean, come on, y'all. The Yachtsman. The Yachtsman. The Yachtsman. Let me see. Is the Yachtsman? He sounds like a Jewish um, prince or something like that. The Yachtsman. I don't know, right? So we go to the opening credits, and we're in the squad room right now. And the teenager is identified as Karen Ray, and she lives with her. She lives with her mother in Brooklyn. So um, they've um, they they, they don't. So um, also, you know, Benson and Stabler brings um, Karen to their office, describing her attack. Cause um, sometimes you know that the, the mom you know is like um, she's like um, Chris, she's like Christian. And I don't know what it is. So Benson Stabler bring Karen in the office, and they ask her what time did she left the house, and she tells them that she left the house at she left her mama's house at six o'clock, and she stayed out there for five hours. She said that she was going, to, and then um. Next thing you know, she describes her attack again. And um, 
it sounds like that she was um she was um she was um I guess some guy put a gun to her head took her to the parking lot put a gun to her head and take off her pants and then he did his thing you know so Benson and Savas says that they're gonna come with her to recanvas the the scene of the crime or in level words you know trace her steps to lead to the crime so Karen didn't even like the idea and Benson was like Detective Benson was like Olivia was like that's the only way we're gonna catch them. Okay, so Munch and Jeffries, they talked to Karen's mother in Brooklyn. And yo, her mom is like a damn Christian and stuff like that, though. Oh yeah, by the way. Now, and then then we gotta go to now now another who's that girl thing. Who's that girl? Now who's that girl who was playing um Karen's mother? Right, and um, you don't know who that is? That's uh, Sivan Fallon. Sivan Fallon. And she was a cast member of Saturday Night Live uh, back in 1991, which was 30 years ago. And she's been on there for one season and stuff like that, though. Oh, yo, check this out. This is not her first appearance on SVU. She will come back in end of season four as the mother of the suspect. So... We're going to call her a repeat offender. Repeat offender. You like that shit, folks? You like that shit? You like that shit? You know? So, um, so the detective Munch asked her, asked the mother, what time did um, Karen left? She tells him she's last time she saw her was at six o'clock. She tells him she went to the library. That was a big ass lie, something like that, though. I mean, but her mother doesn't know what she was doing. I mean, because you know the mom's a Christian, and um, and then she, and then she was like all sensitive and shit like that. Because I mean, she wouldn't even allow boys in her in their in her in her house unless they're friends. So they so even though Munch and Jeffrey ask her that she has a voice, and then she said, "I wouldn't allow it though. They only that they I wouldn't allow boys. She had had no boyfriends." She only allows boys in as long as they're just friends, you know, because her mom's like a super Christian and all that shit like that. Excuse my language, though. So um, they're both the detectives. They asked um, Karen's mother if they could, and they, they could, they, they could um, borrow the computer for a minute. And um, but she tells them, she tells them that the computer is at her father's house. So Jeffrey's asked her if she was married. And she, no, no, Jeffrey asked her if she was divorced. And the mother said, nah, we're never married. But it turns out that um, she, Karen's mother, now the mother had Karen when she was a teenager herself. And somehow, you know, the, her and the baby daddy didn't get along and stuff like that, though. But then um, she, um, and then she says that she also states that, um, that um, she wouldn't allow uh, her her daughter to see their father, something like that. But however, the the father had a court order, so she could see him on weekends, even though the mom's not happy about that though. So she was worried because then no one took care of no one took care of her, but she had to take, she had to take care of her daughter. So, then so meanwhile we're back in the city. You know, Dave um, Vince. 
Benson Sabler, though, they, um, I don't know, Karen's riding with Benson Sabler and they show her the crime scene and they they ask her what direction is, um, right or left. And she tells him it's a two-way street. But Benson tells her that the, the guy was a one-way street because she's showing the, because Karen is showing, um, well, why I'm saying Karen, though, I mean, Paz de la Huerta. I mean, so um, I'm going to say that um, Paz de la Huerta looks like a young Juliet Lewis. So um, instead of calling her Karen, though, I'll just call her young Juliet Lewis. All right. Before, you know what I'm saying, though? So, so anyway, say young Juliet Lewis, though, um, she's riding with Benson Sabler. And then they show you how it shows the, the, you know, the area where the yachtsman picked her up at, though. And then she tells them to go make a ride on a two-way street. And Benson corrects her. It's a it's a one-way street, you know. Um, uh, so um, maybe young Juliet Lewis was probably wrong. So um, meanwhile, um, Detective Munch and Jeffries they they talk to Karen's um, young Juliet Lewis's father in Queens, right? And um, and then they're asking what the computer they want to borrow it. And then the father said that he sees some. Um, photos of naked woman on there stuff like that though so and then munch and jeffrey deciding they wanted to borrow confiscated computers to catch this guy called the yachtsman and all that stuff though so we're back at um we, we at we're back in the city and then um karen and uh, young julia lewis she shows benson stabler the crime scene where the guy um you know, it's, it's a parking lot actually though and this is where the parking lot parking lot where the guy forced her to take her pants down and rape her and did his thing and stuff like that though but benson and stable discovered that there's holes to her story and then you know, young juliet lewis just like got mad and says that i told you i got raped and but because both of y'all don't believe me damn why you gotta get so emotional i mean there's holes in this story and stuff like that though i mean you know in a parking lot where the playground is around stuff like that though hmm i don't know what it is though all right, we're back in the precinct squad room, and then young Juliet Lewis sees the computer, and she was like, "What's my computer doing over there?" And Ben Benson Stabler says that they're trying to look for this guy called a yachtsman, so they're doing the best they can, though. So, actually, um, you know, Munches looks over the computer, and he brings up this May December romance shit like that. You know what I'm saying, though? And uh, so, um, and all of them, over other ladies and stuff like that, though, but. It comes to Detective Stable's conclusion that there is no yachtsman, that he don't even exist. Right. So um next thing he knows that um Benson Slater bring um young Juliet Lewis in and all that stuff, and then um next thing he knows that um talking about the yachtsman, he don't even exist. But guess what? This young Ju- Juliet Lewis confessed that she never met the yachtsman. But she has sex with a boyfriend. Oh, my goodness! Now there's something though. I mean, she, young Julia, young young Julia Lewis, uh, admitted that she made the whole Yasmin up because, and then she said she was making fun of the guy on the internet, and then she admitted that she had sex with her boyfriend. His mama don't even know about this. She and she tells him that her mom's a fight basis and she always worry about her. I mean, she her mom's like a crazy ass Christian. I mean, she's trying to check her breath and something like that, see if she was seeing a boy. You know what's in the worst part of it though? She gonna put 
one the nasty part is she probably go stick her hand in her pussy and try to find any she had sex with us or some man something like that though i mean that's disgusting you know all these lesbians they be doing that they, they be molesting the woman and put their fingers in the pussy to see if they if there's a man was having sex with her i mean find some vagina fluid or come or shit like that excuse my language i mean yo i mean i don't know i mean she been it turns out that this young Juliet Lewis been lying to her mama and stuff like that. Cause behind her back. I mean, because her mother won't even allow boyfriends and then and then she's a church going woman and all that stuff though. And you go around and you got you got a daughter here sneaking around, going around sneak messing with the dot messing with the dude behind your mama's back though. So so the boyfriend that uh, young Juliet Lewis was seeing though. He turns out to be 21 years old. So later on, Stabler brings in um, young Juliet Lewis's boyfriend, and he is identified as Keith. So Stabler and Keith, Keith Stabler has a pep talk with Keith, and he tells him that, you know, he asked him, do you know what statutory rape is? And Keith was like, mm, yeah. And um, he knows it was wrong because he's 21, and the uh, girl is 16 so that's against the law right there i mean you, you sleeping around with a six you a 21 year old man sleeping around with a 16 year old girl so stabler tells him just to wait a couple years when she's legal and um if you still want to be with her i don't have a problem with that though and before that stabler asked keith if he loves her and keith was like i don't know and then stabler tells him to wait a couple years and then if you still love her i mean i don't have a problem with that so stabler lets him go you know trying to give him some pep talk you know like that's what it like a father it is like that though so um a few minutes later um we have the squad room stabler comes over and turns out that the yasmen had emailed a few girls with sexual poses and in other words though he uh yasmen would be looking into like naked Pictures of girls and shit like that, though. And, you know, Sable is a bit disgusted about that, though. So later on, we're at Stabler's home, Sable's house out there in Queens. And then his wife, and then his wife, um, Kathy, was like, How many sexual predators are out there? And he told me there's a lot. I mean, it's like you don't see him. It's like there. You got child molesters and pedophiles and all that stuff, though. So, um, you know, Sable's wife tells him that the predators are still out there. But then, Stabler points to the computer saying, no, they're in here. That means there are sexual predators in on the internet, the chat rooms. They're lurking in their internet. I mean, when you go to the internet, you'll never know what's going on in the internet. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Now, now we were, we were at the squad room the next day, and um, they guess what? The yacht, they found out... Uh, Oh, no, 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 no. Now, let me go back to Now, let me correct myself. We're in this office, you know, like some computer tech office, and this guy who works there shows him about um, the Yasmin's IP address and stuff like that, though. And he tells him that the Yasmin is ID'd as Harry Waters. Oh, my goodness. And then Benson Sable asks him where he works, and the guy tells him the IP is it. And his IP address and shows him that he um he works at some um at this other office. So Benson Stabler talked to this um 
Tara, the Yasmin's co-worker, and um, he tells him that he quit his job after he caught him with uh, another girl, which is like underage, and she was Hispanic and stuff like that, though. And then next thing he knows, they ask for his computer, and then the guy gives it to him, and he tells him it's been contaminated and some stuff, though. And um, it, and then on the computer, they have a picture of Harry, a.k.a. the Yachtsman. So they got to find that guy, stuff like that, though. So um, be back at the squad room, and, and Harry has file names for these girls, and is connected to the 718 address. And yo, ADF discovers that is the um, Juliet Lewis's boyfriend, Keith, the one that he, the one that he been sleeping with, though. Keith, 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 and Stable had a talk with him earlier and shit like that. You know, for about this dealing with having sleeping with the minor and stuff like that. But it turns out that yo Keith has connections to the Yachtsman. So we in interrogation, and then Benson and Stable confront Keith in interrogation, and um, Stable was like, "Do we look like imbeciles to you?" And Keith was like, "Nah, they're just pictures." And then all of a sudden, in all emotion, the stapler slams his hand on the desk and says, They're not just pictures! They're not just pictures! Damn, that was some good acting right there, though. And I thought that I thought this episode was um, boring and a sleeper to it. I mean, when I was watching this episode, I almost, almost fell asleep on it. No, maybe I fell asleep maybe once or maybe twice. But... That is some acting from Christopher Maloney, man. He's got emotional shit. So he's saying, damn, not just pictures. Damn. And turns out Keith is revealed to be a cyber pimp to a Johns, yo. I mean, he hooks the Johns up with a certain young girl, and he gets the money. He's just making money, money out of it. That was some dumb, crazy shit like that, though. Poor Keith, man. You met dealing. Yo, he's nasty. I mean, you dealing with a minor, and now you tripping out. Be pipping out these girls and some exploiting these girls like that for them Johns, man. That's like, yo, yo, I'm gonna tell you something though. Oh, this guy, this story's gonna be real interesting, you know what I'm saying though? So, um, wait on, we're back at Stable's home, and then his daughter Kathleen catches him reading her emails, and she was like, Are you reading my emails, man? And you know, Stabler, he is, um, worried about her safety and all that stuff and and then and then he he asked her is he receive any emails and then she tells him i can every day i delete them all they're mostly junk and now he's worried about the protective predator coming to you know seduce her one of his daughters and shit like that though and then her father was like or no her daughter was like you, I can't believe you read my emails. This all personal and private and stuff like that, though. And she was like, are you going to read my journal, too? And um, Sable was like, you got a journal? And then the daughter was like, unbelievable! And then she just went back to her damn room. Well, earlier, that she was said she was going to go out to her friend's house. And then and then Sable knows where she's going. And she's trying to get up all her business and read her emails. I mean, she's some... Um, I'm listening to his daughter is going through a phase because she's a teenager right now and she don't want people to be running a personal business like that. But dude, Sable is like kind of worried about that right there. It's crazy, you know? So um 
next day we're in the squad room and um they talk about this Jossman and then they want they Vet Cragen has his idea that he, he they have to catch him at a certain time because he's good. Cragen tells him that he's going to be going online soon, so we got to catch. They're going to catch him in the act. So later on, Munch pretends to be a girl and all that stuff, and then he tried to communicate with the Yachtsman and stuff like that, though. And um, guess what? The Yachtsman responded right, and um, they have a little brief conversation, and then the Yachtsman tells um munch to meet him tomorrow at um at a cafe at 12 noon hmm okay so um we cut to the cafe and um and then munch is there reading the paper and um guess what and guess what harry aka diatrans shows up though he sees a lady at the table a little you know he sees a girl on the table but it turns out the girl turns out to be a decoy so he steps up to her and meets her. He tells him that he's a yachtsman, uh, and, and and you know that the the decoy's name is Nicole, right? So um, he Mister yeah, you know the yachtsman comes up to this girl named Nicole, saying he introduces himself as a yachtsman, and guess what? Bunch of stable are there, and Bunch was like, actually, I'm Nicole, and then they arrest him on the spot. Now we back at the crease, and you know he got um, the yachtsman's lawyer is there. And um, guess who else is there? All right, it's um, who's that? It's the, it's the ADA. Now, who's that girl? Who's um, that actress who's playing the ADA? It's nothing but um, Judge Barf herself, Miss um, Jenna Stern, and she's been on the show previously. But guess what? We're gonna call her a repeat offender. Repeat offender. Yeah, but she's playing the ADA, but she's not playing uh, Judge Barf or ADA Barf. She plays a different ADA called Eastman. You know the redhead, the red-haired, red-haired actress who was on um, SVU multiple lines playing Judge Barf. I mean, then back in two thousand though, this actress Jenna Stern, she had a different role as an ADA on SVU in the first season before she was known as Judge Barf. Or defense and dirty ADA barf. You know, barf, that sounds like a character from the Nickelodeon TV show. You can't do that on television. Right? So, um, and then, you know, and then back as I was saying, we're let's go back to the precinct, you know, and seeing we're at the precinct right now, and then Harry's lawyer is there. And um, and then you got the ADA um says that he that he, that he got arrested for soliciting a minor, and then Harry's lawyer says he solicited he solicited a 48-year-old detective named John Munch. So Cragen is right there, and then um Cragen talks to Harry's lawyer about his actions, and he's a pedophile. They want to put him in, in the system, put him again prosecuted again arranged. So when the, his lawyer, Harry's lawyer leaves, though, um the ADA Eastman tells him or or Barf tells him that. It's tough to prosecute a, a pedophile or a sex offender or a cyber, a, or in other words, a cyber pedophile. So like that, it's hard, it's hard to prosecute. And Craig is worried that um, that he wants to bring this guy to justice and all that stuff. So now we in the squad room right now, and um, Craig Craig wants to uh, find a victim so that the ADA could put on the stand because uh, since then. 
they have no evidence and since then you know the, um that they only had they arrested they since then that they use a decoy to arrest the husband and they have no witnesses and all that stuff and um they need to find someone to testify stuff like that so so Jeffries uh, was telling him that um the Harry aka the Osman ordered three panties from a woman in Queens and he got and he got the panties through email so they go to um, Beth you know much and Jeffries they go to the Mrs. Harrington's house in Queens and something like that though they wanted to talk to um a lady named um what does it say um Nicole Harrison, something like that. I don't know what it is though. So, and um, she you know this lady, Nicole. She invites them to her house, you know, and then it turns out that they were looking for panties, and then, and then you know inside the uh, apartment that there's her friends were right there, and then one of her friends calls her Nicole, but it turns out that the elderly name the elderly lady is named Nicole. She's not the victim of like that though. But she has a granddaughter named Elaine, right? That she and all this stuff though. So she's the grandmother, and then she um has this um advertising panties on the internet, something like that though. And it's just like, oh yeah, so she's um she's advertising panties on the internet, you know, you know, selling them and stuff like that though. And then much of like we'll go to parents magazine for sale of approval. So we had this time this high school somewhere in Queens, and then the principal's talking to Benson and Sabler about you know blocking the internet, the you know blocking some stuff on the internet. You know, it's like be like um, in other words, you know, it's like um, make it family friendly, what you would call it, right? That though. So um, but we gotta take a break. Hold us, all right? Wait, well, you know what? We're gonna take a break. Hey, if you all though, if you like Mexican food, I mean, let me tell you something. I went to Chipotle's one day. I had like a chicken burrito bowl with the corn, sour cream, and lettuce, and uh, black beans, and and uh, cheddar cheese, and I topped it over with Chipotle sauce. It was too spicy. It was spicy and delicious though. So if you want good Mexican taste, go to Chipotle's. It's delicious, man. All right, we're in part two, you know, second half of the story. And then right now we got Benson and Slaveler. They're at um, high school looking for Elaine, you know, Nicole's granddaughter. And the principal gives him to talk about, you know, blocking, blocking stuff, you know, from the Internet for to prevent the teenagers. Because, you know, I mean, speaking about blocking, you know, they talk about this, um, you know, these blocking, um, you know, like family friendly things, you know, like. For example, there's like porn sites and all that stuff, and then they had to put a block on it so kids won't even see that stuff, though. So the principal was just telling them about um, blocking stuff, you know, like when students want to be curious about women's breasts or something like that or some body parts, though. So they put a block on it so to prevent the, you know, the dirty stuff and stuff like that. So. So they go, they're in the office, and then they, uh, Benson and Savior see um, Elaine, and um, Benson Stabler ask him, when the, that do you know the guy named um, Harry Waters, aka the Osman? And then she looks her head down, and then she was like nervous and stuff like that, though. Like she had like sort of something like that, though. So 
they they bring Elaine to the precinct and they bring her to the, like the office and um basically the detectives they ask her when the time that um they ask her when she met the Yasmin and stuff like that though and Elaine tells him that he came by you know trying to buy some panties like that happened like during about last last summer and then they had a conversation and then and the guy was having a conversation where tell her about he lost his daughter and they discussed about school stuff but then um the detectives Benson and Sabler they they ask her when she got intimate and she tells them that like a, like several months ago but she never has sex with him so um they you know you know they you know the you know the next day you know Harry's lawyer comes up and um, he tells the detectives that he will give them names of the pedophiles. Oh, so there is a ring of pedophiles. I mean, Yasmin is going to snitch and shit like that, though. And um, and then, you know, and then they just got in their best and say discuss about the pedophiles and stuff like that, though. So and um, make sure to be ready and shit like that, though. I mean. Harry's lawyer knows everything about them and stuff like that. So we're in interrogation, and Harry is talking to Messenger Sabler, and he gives them the details about you know how he met other men, and they talk about G-rated movies and shit like that. I mean, in other words, so he's trying to net have the networking and stuff like that. So he's gonna show you that there's like a ring of pedophiles going around here, though. And um, Sabler is disgusted by the idea. And then Harry, a.k.a. the Yasmin, says that we in your world believe it. So we go back to Sabler's home and then um, his daughter Kathleen discovers that he put a child lock out there. And Kathleen is pissed at that because she's trying to get kind of email some people, trying to get in contact with certain people, stuff like that, though. And um, stable put a lock. I mean, is he so sensitive and stuff like that, though? I mean, what he's trying to do? I mean, he's being super protective to her daughter. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, he might be best to say that he could be a dick and something like that, though, and stuff like this, but um. Benson and then Sabler tells his daughter that he has a reason he put a child lock there. He tells her that there's a predator out there, right? A, a pedophile. He's aiming at young girls. And you know these young girls, or they, they, they be peppy young girls, and they had these young girls as um, sexual forces, stuff like that, though. Because I remember earlier, Munch was saying that they mentioned something about um, and they, that these guys are into Britney Spears, and, and Munch, Detective Munch was like, Britney Spears is like 10 years younger, and stuff like that, though. So, um, and um, so somehow, you know, and, you know, and so Benson Stabler tells his daughter that he's trying to catch a, a, a pedophile, a sexual predator out there who was during a young girls, underage girls. So he's just not he, he ain't trying to be a dick. He tells him that he's doing it out of fear because you know, he's protecting his daughter and stuff like that. And his daughter tells him, stop reading my emails. OK, and Stabler's like, OK. So um, we're back in the squad room, and then Craig and he—they're gonna set up a sting operation for these regular pedophiles. So they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have people prayer, and they're gonna be meeting up at in some kind of a, some diner or restaurant, something like that. Though, and much was like, I mean, much was like, what do they talk about in there? 
So we're at this restaurant, and you got like a group of these guys. They're having a conversation with each other. It's like, oh, they're like a ring of pedophiles. And then they be giving out the names of the young, the, the underage girls and stuff like that, though. But one of them was wearing a wire and stuff like that, though. So, and then and they, these these um pedophiles, these sexual predators, they talk have conversations talking about the they many of these young girls and stuff like that. I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, underage girls. I tell you, these guys are sick. And a bunch of men in a restaurant, they like mostly like white boys. Well, mostly white guys. I mean, they, they, that's 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 their thing. No offense, sorry, I got message of white folks. So, you know, and then next thing you know, is like that um. You know that the uh, yachtsman, Harry, a.k.a. Yachtsman, he wants to give out the toast. And then all of a sudden, the police busted them in the restaurant, and they arrest every one of them. Munch comes in, and he tries to arrest this guy. He turns out to be an undercover FBI agent. So at first, and, for, and at first, Munch was fought. He was like, he, he works for the Nambla or something like that, though. And then the, and, and the, and the FBI agent says, check my pocket. He digs into a pocket, look at his badge, and Munch was making this face like, really? <laughs> and you know, and then later on, we go to Craig's office, and then he uh, confronts, uh, he's confronted by the FBI agent saying that um, this part of the sting operation, and then they be doing it in other cities like LA, Chicago, Miami, and all this stuff, though. So, but Craig and didn't get warned about this. Craig Crayon didn't get a heads up, so that's why he's pissed about that, though. So you know they are, you know, Cragen and the FBI agent, they arguing and stuff like that, though. And they're trying, and the FBI agent is looking for something like a big fish and all that stuff. So, so um, and you know, and then sometimes Cragen's like, there's plenty of them out there. So meanwhile, Benson Sailor talks to one of the suspects in interrogation. He is identified as Mr. Wallace or something like that, though. And he is proud of what he be doing and stuff like that, though. Because he's talking about the girls with um, dysfunctional homes, poor, broken down homes. They see them in coming out of foster care, police station, stuff like that. And he tells them that when they come out of the police station, the fosters and the families, they're in tears. And then he was like, when after they see me, they're all smiles. Oh, shit. That shit sounds creepy. I mean, he be helping him now try to be taking care of him like he's some kind of a damn sugar daddy and shit like that, though. And then we fade to black. And then there's a disclaimer saying, and every minute now, there are 3.0 million Americans using the chat room like every day. Something like that, though. And then fade to black and then the episode. So... At first, I thought it was going to be a damn sleeper or stuff like that, though, but it turns out that it wasn't, um, I mean, I was, I was trying, I was reviewing the episode, and I fell asleep maybe a couple of times, but however, though, I, maybe I was so tired, but, um, but however, though, I mean, it's not a boring episode, but it's, I can say it's okay. Well, 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 that was a okay so-so episode, you know, I almost fell asleep, though, and um, speaking about chat rooms or about the internet, though, I wanted to give you my experience in online dating, 
you know, I've been doing that before, you know, I've been going to these online dating websites and communicate with a couple of women. And, um, but I wanted to tell you is that sometimes although they be using you or run a scam on you and all that stuff, shit like that, right? So, let me tell you a story about the, the do's and don'ts of online dating. This was actually a don't, by the way, though. And it could be could be dangerous and it can sometimes it could be um, scheming. Because what happened, I got myself caught on it, though. And so, um, eventually is that, um, it all started out about five years ago. I was on this dating website called, um, BB, BBW website. And, you know, I like big, beautiful women. I mean, I like a woman with curves and stuff like that. Like the big tits and the big ass and stuff like big tits and big ass and all that stuff. Ooh, so, um. Anyway, so I signed in, um, I, I've um, signed up for the BBW site, and, and I was browsing around certain ladies, certain women, stuff like that, so, and I found this light-skinned Latina lady, right, and um, she's from the Dominican Republic, the, or the DR for short, right, so um, she had, like, big, big tits and all that stuff, excuse my language, you know, this is not family friendly show, so I'm gonna say it big tits, so big boobs or whatever, you know, big tits. So, um next thing you know, I selected her and then next thing you know, we started communicating through email. And not only that though, we did video chat like Skype. So I actually seen her face, man. I mean she wasn't no um a decoy or fake person or Arab anything like that. I actually seen her true face. So, when we met on online date, we met online, like online dating, we had a video chat, and then we was talking, we got a little intimate with each other, you know, and all that stuff, you know, and then, but I never met her in person and stuff like that. So, um, we was, we've been communicating with each other for like every day, you know, and then one day she told me that she lost her job and then she wanted me to send her money. I thought that I was just helping her out or stuff like that, though. But then all of a sudden, though, she asked me for, like, a couple hundred dollars because she can't pay her rent. So, um, you know what happened, What I did, though? I sent her the money anyway. And uh, I was so naive, you know, I like this woman and she liked me and stuff like that. So, it was stupid enough for me to send her money. I mean, I sent her, like, a couple hundred dollars, this and that, because... She said that she lost her job and she don't have the money to pay the rent. But in reality, I mean, why do you want to send money to a woman that don't you don't even just know though? I mean, I what happened? I found out about this for myself because I found out that she has been using me, and um, and I had to I had to watch I had to watch I had to watch my financial stuff like that. I mean, she asked me for like three hundred five hundred dollars because she, she wanted to pay the rent, but. I just realized that it was wrong for me to do that. But besides that, I mean, you can't send money to a woman that you don't even know. And she lives in the DR. I was, and I haven't met her in person. I was planning to meet her in person, but I just found out that she's straight up using me, trying to send me money for this and that, and then um, help her pay the rent. Listen, that is not my problem. I mean, 
You live in the DR and you telling me that you lost your job and, and you don't have money to pay the rent and you want me to pay shit for you? Please, I don't even know you like that. So, I, what I realized I was doing, I was wrong. I mean, I shouldn't have sent her money, but um, somehow, you know, I decided to cut her off and so, yeah, I stopped, communi- I stopped communicating with her because what I realized what I was doing was wrong because I haven't met, I don't even know her. I even met her in person yet, and I even touched her. I mean, I would I would send her money if we got together, you know, then when I touched her and we sleep together, right? But she was straight up using me, and I found out about it myself. I decided, you know, to cut her off and pretend that I lost my job or whatever and like that, though. And then um, next thing you know, I cut her off, though. Um, somehow my... Um, Brother, my brother, my brother, someone, my friends found out about it and they told my family and then my brother got mad at me like that because, because, um, he didn't want no woman be taking advantage of me like that. So he was right. So, and I was wrong, but I just wanted to tell you guys out there, I mean, don't be sending money to a woman you don't even know, especially women you meet online, stuff like that, because they might run a game on you and shit like that though. So. If you want to find, I know we single men, we lonely, we're looking for a woman, but you cannot like a woman take advantage of you like that. I mean, don't send to money to to a woman you don't even know. I mean, don't send to money to a woman online. I mean, you haven't even met met each other in person. You haven't touched each other or got intimate and stuff like that, though. Because sometimes they see these girls, they be running this scheme, a scam. So, man, you got to be careful when you do that online dating thing. If a woman asks you for money and stuff like that, though, if she's going to bring up all the excuses for this and that, though, you need to cut it off, though. Go find someone that's local. I mean, and better yet, why, why you want to waste your time meeting a woman online? I mean, you could be a woman in person at a public place or something like that, though. Right now, they got the internet. They, these knuckleheads, they want to take advantage of it. So... I learned my lesson, you know, like dealing meeting a woman online, and then yeah, all of a sudden they will ask you, they will ask you to send them some money, money you don't even know them yet though, and you haven't even met them in person. So what they doing is they just a scam. So you guys, you gotta be careful, all right? With this online dating stuff. I mean, you never know. You might end up in an episode of MTV's Catfish. All right, so um. Right now, so I mean, I'm right now. I'm not interested in online dating and stuff like that, though, because some you never know when we be running a scam trying to ask you for money. Don't fall for it. And with that, I'll see you next week. Oh yeah, this has been um as twisted at SVU podcast, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor FM, and um, WordPress. That's all. That's my website. You can check it out. So I'm out. So. This is BD Rose, and I'll see you next week.